Okay, right, here I am. Oh, God, bloody hell, <laughs> the, 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 the Perry's out. Yeah, what was that uncork? No, no, do you know what I'm actually drinking? That was a water bottle, but I'm actually drinking an alcohol-free beer. Oh, very nice. I just... Like like Roy? Yes. They do some good ones these days. I wouldn't know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Muslim, you big racist prick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on, that could be the start, can't it? Grog. Hey everyone, it's the Sideshed Podcast with me, Peter Fickling, Carrie Warwiss and Matthew Weir. Uh, so, Matthew, here we are again, earning our allowance. <laughs> I hope you guys have got your phone on mute. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we don't want Kerry getting, you know, losing her shit. I mean, you, I mean, listeners, you've heard what happens when a, a controlling older woman um, doesn't get her way. It can be, you know, pretty fucking terrifying. <laughs> I'm a controlling older woman with no money. <laughs> Yeah, we we get payment in kind, but um, yeah. Well, it's a bit. Uh, is am I am I? I mean, is it unpleasant of me to call her controlling? I don't think so. No, not at all. I think it sounded very awkward and horrid to listen to, and, and I'm not morally against that arrangement, really. No. But listening to it between those two particular individuals was not good listening at all, um, and I, it does make me wonder. How much money is he making out of this every week? And is he paying his rent or does she pay the rent? Why is he doing it, basically? it's Money's okay, but it's not that okay, is it? Because it sounds like not much fun. No, here comes Matthew with a story about how he paid his way around the, the Urals <laughs> um, using nothing but his penis and charm for um, several months. Um, it wasn't my penis. <laughs> <laughs> Whose penis was it? <laughs> No, no, I've got nothing to confess on oh, that okay. front. You've I never been think. paid for sex? No, not that I recall. Mm. That pause said a lot to me. <laughs> yeah. Someone left an IOU once on a Rizzler. Oh, that's quite sweet. I hope it was for a large amount. Millions of people have lost weight with personalised plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. But I, I'm like Kerry. I don't have a, you know, like I, I haven't made my mind up completely about the arrangement yet. I mean, I don't have any particular moral um, issues with it because, you know, uh, what because you, you know, if you if you have a problem with that, then you have to have a problem with the fact that you know, statistically and blah 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 and all of the societal nonsense. But it, it did feel very very awkward, didn't it? And also, um, Kerry and I were talking beforehand, Matthew, about the fact that. Um, it does. You do feel like he's trapped by the income. What foolish decisions has he, has he been making? What holes has he got himself into with the money that he can't just mm. 
do the right thing and say, no, do you know what? It's been fun, but thank you. Goodbye. Yeah. Also, I was trying to imagine this charity auction place that they were at with, and he had his lounge suit on. Don't the people that they're knocking about with look at the pair of them and think, hang on a minute, she's like, I don't know how old she is. She sounds definitely over 40, I would say, uh, possibly over 50. She sounded like shoe looks sometimes. Um with him, who's a little student fella, mm. really, would they be sort of rocking up at things like that and him sort of getting all giddy about a Harry Kane signed England shirt Ooh. like a child? Yeah, definitely, boo. It, what I'm trying to say is in that professional capacity where they were doing networking and she was trying to hook him up with some person who's got an office in the Shard. Of course, it had to be the Shard, didn't it? Some sort of famous building in London mention. Would that really pan out and look good for her well there was a couple of things for me one is i'm it it sounded way too much like my dad wrote a porno um something that rocky flintstone would have come up with and then the other (laughs) thing was just being serious about it right i would keep my sleeping with inappropriately younger people part of my life separate from my work life call me a bluff old traditionalist like i can understand how she might want to sort of hang out with a younger man but to sort of like you're saying it's going to like oil and water the two part those two parts of her life should be separate well i would imagine that they should be separate but you know mm. i mean what do i know I, to be honest i've never been a um uh high flying um i don't know orange juice trader on the um, commodities market so there you go <laughs> so we are assuming that he is just not attending college in any way shape or form right mm-hmm. i think so all right and so then he probably is massively indebted to her she's probably paying like you said his rent his lifestyle either that or he's just got a taste for it and he can't let go but it wasn't Mm. when when she told him about the phone first of all i thought she was just gonna say oh your phone's ringing and you're ignoring it no phone has to be off Mm. and then the end with there was she said well your dad's not still in hot if he was still in hospital i'd understand but you're breaking the terms of our engagement i our arrangement i've sent a photo of julianne to the whatsapp group Ah, ah, she looks familiar. The actress, I recognise her. Yeah, she's been in a few TV things in the UK that I'm completely unaware of. Ah, so it isn't Shula. <laughs> so yeah, I thought the whole thing was a bit strange in the hotel. Coincidentally, it was in Birmingham, wasn't it? So he didn't have to travel very far. Yeah. I mean, have you ever watched the European markets open in the morning in a First hotel? Thing in the morning. You normally have to stay in your room for that. Don't go down for breakfast. <laughs> Is she? Uh, is it a clunky way to show that she's really high powered? I wonder how much yeah. money she's got. This woman as well. Yeah, I mean, was this the kind of point that you were making that if she's moving in these circles quite regularly, isn't it going to be a bit strange that these people are spotting her with Rory? Yeah. Well, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, and I kind of lent into that a little bit as well. I feel mm. I, I completely agree. I did. They, they missed a trick though. Uh, they're in Birmingham. What we'd really wanted was Vince rocking up there with them. Um, Elizabeth, that would have been absolutely yeah. glorious. Vince with as with Warbis like lack of tact, just marching straight up to the table, <laughs> um, calling him something like you know Rory Young Scrubber Milad or something. Good. Who's this then? <laughs> yeah, what a good idea. Never mind. Maybe that will come later. That it was would a missed be opportunity, much better that, than. It? Yeah, it would have been much better than the um, counting cows episode. I wrote on my notes. Don't care about cows. <laughs> <laughs> it's taken you this long to realise, Matthew. Only 25, 30 years of listening to the Archers and Matthew finally yeah. 
comes to that mm-hmm. realization. That was Tuesdays, wasn't it? It was. Is it, it was funny. Like Ruth showed Stella this catalogue that she'd looked at to pick cows from, and and going um. Oh, the yields and the uh, fertility rates are really great. And so you just literally like flick through and go, yep, we'll have 10 of those. Because even Alistair seemed surprised that they'd never seen them. Didn't you ever get cow's catalogue when you were a kid, Kerry? (laughs) Yes, it was Kay's catalogue, wasn't it? Well, that went from Tuesday to Wednesday, didn't it? That episode where she was talking to Stella when we've got Steph back, which suddenly made me realise that Vince's daughters are Steph and Beth, which is a bit odd. <laughs> and they were doing a photo shoot with Liam oh, God, to promote the barn. Li- that was so lame, wasn't it? The whole thing. Just that she was getting all dressed up as if she was getting married again to sh- because she's an influencer. You misheard, Kerry. She's a swingfluencer. <laughs> she should be, shouldn't she? Um yeah, it was all pathetic, wasn't it? And David was crawling around on his hands and knees at one point. I mean, there was that point where Steph said to David and Ruth, have you ever just wanted to throttle him? And I was like, look, you're not in one of your dungeons now, Steph. Just chill out. <laughs> and Ruth hesitated, didn't it? Didn't she? And David sort of went, oh, I have you. <laughs> uh, I quite liked that he got there, how long they'd been married wrong, didn't he? Yeah, that was all. And then there was that bit at the end where they were just, you know, Listening, give and take, honesty, no matter how painful. I was like, okay, all right, I see what they're doing here. Yeah, I really was laughing at that bit. I mean, good God. And then um, Steph said, oh, you're such a great example of a happy marriage. And all the audience like, whoa. When she said, I hope me and Liam are still as solid when we're as old as you are. And there was that <laughs> bit where Ruth was like, oh, thanks. Mm. Liam went and- off down the pub in his tweeds for a bit, didn't he? Yeah. And apparently was vaulting over the bar and pouring himself, pulling himself a pint of shires because Roy said to Adil, oh, he's not messing about. He wants a drink. And there was no <laughs> sound of anyone serving him. Yeah. Well, I mean, and that would have been the only thing that Roy said to Adil this week that well, d- didn't involve that. Oh, but you were. Oh, sorry. And I didn't mean because you're and, yeah. you know, you're a bit and all wear turbans and, uh, you know, and uh, Bindi this. And it was just like, you know, mm. I just, it was just astonishing. By the way, I, you know, that was ironic use of fake racism on of course <laughs> Roy's, Roy's behalf um yeah uh, he it was just it was so cringeworthy I don't think I've ever cringed more listening to the arches and that's quite a big statement than listening to Roy confess being a massive racist yeah. it, or, or was that the point I guess so I guess so I mean it should be an awkward thing to be telling so, for us to listen to shouldn't it really one of the questions, though, is do you think he should have? Well, this was all born out of the fact that the parish count, because Roy and Adil just wandering around the wreckage of Grey Gables completely alone, <laughs> staring at a lost empire, aren't they? They just seem to. It's so bizarre what's going on there. And then mm-hmm. he mentioned that he was learning a lot. He knew that Jim was head of the parish, was on the parish council. Mm. And he said, how do you know that? And he said, oh, Linda tells me everything about Ambridge once you get her talking. And then you could see Roy got very edgy. You could hear Roy's sphincter sort of going big, small, big, small, big, small. Yeah, that is is what prompted it. But do you think he should have done that? Or I I guess it's better, isn't it, than Linda telling Ardell? It was a hybrid of that and the fact that Adil told that story about when they moved in and the neighbours' faces when they looked at Mm. them. I think it made for quite... It was almost behind the couch listening, wasn't it? 
the fact that they then went for the down the pub. It was a bit like when Alan Partridge invites the kid from Curry's on the phone for a pint <laughs> because he's lonely <laughs> and uh, felt like it was like that. But is this Roy and Adil's final bonding? And we're not meant to view Adil with such suspicion now. Oh, I don't know. I, I'm still viewing him with suspicion, aren't, aren't you? When they say, okay, Adil, and what about you? And then it cuts away and we don't hear any of that. Yeah. And then when they come back, they're talking about chocolate bars. Yeah. The, what's your favourite sweet? It was like a p- playground conversation, wasn't it? Or like on Twitter where people are always going, do you remember these? And it's literally something that's from about four weeks ago. Spangles and white dog poo. Do you remember that? Gambit chocolate bars and getting beaten up by your parents. <laughs> It was. I quite enjoyed that they were trying to get to know each other, I suppose. But it did seem a bit um, unrealistic when Roy used the word pariah. I thought he'd never use that word, would he? No, he'd use outcast. Yeah, his um, vocabulary's not that good, is it? No, it is slightly implausible that Phoebe's his daughter. <laughs> well, it's yeah. all Kate, isn't it? Yeah, I guess so. Kate, because Kate does have her moments of um, genuine intelligence, doesn't she? Every now and again. She's going to go nuts when she finds out that Adil's basically ripping off spiritual home in the new <laughs> Grey Gables. Yeah, having um, a kitchen in the middle of the dining room and then little sort of studios with residencies going on, like a sculptor in one room and uh, what else was it in another room? Some textile thing in another room. A sculptor in one room, a textile artist in the other one. Turn the library into a... A conference room into a library. Yeah, and, and Roy's just walking around going, brilliant, brilliant as well. I'm not a racist. That's all brilliant. <laughs> and can you imagine being a guest at this hotel where, you know, one minute you're sort of making some sculpture or chatting to a sculpture or the next minute you're knitting. I mean, do hotels have libraries? I mean, I haven't been in many, but... Every time a new guest turns up, Roy's running to Andor to go, uh, sorry, Adel, a Swedish person's just checked in. Look, I should tell you, in about 1982, I did throw a flaming bag of shit at a Volvo. Um, <laughs> so, you know. I want it to be like that end of that episode in Father Ted, when like Adel decides to pop round to Roy's house and it's just full of really dodgy World War II memorabilia. <laughs> <laughs> that episode was the the racist episode in Father Ted is absolutely astonishing. Um, oh, it's uh, genius, isn't it? So you're a racist now, Father. Is one of the <laughs> great comedy punchlines that gets used so much on Irish Twitter that Does we it? just change we change the word racist to anything else when anyone is involved in any mm. kind of controversy, and we just put whatever the the branding is instead. But Roy now, he has to arrange an open day over the summer, but it's not even started to be properly renovated yet. The summer's in a couple of months. 11 months away, isn't it? Unless we're in some... I've talked before about Archer's time, but that doesn't make sense because the Jubilee is happening and they're all lighting beacons like a bunch of crazy wicker man pagans. So as far as I'm concerned... This is a. Are we really going to have eleven months of Adil and Roy just walking around talking to themselves? Well, what's the open day going to be showing anybody? Oh, I don't know. I reckon it's a big trap, and Adil's going to put Roy in the stocks, and his like loads of his mates going to come and throw fruit. (laughs) And another thing, um, again, why has nobody? said who owns the 60 percent it's driving you bad isn't it Kerry? it is 
fucking driving me mental. <laughs> and yet here I am over here, not giving a flying fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but it's giving me, it's, I give a flying fuck about the fact that people would have asked, wouldn't they? Yes. Surely. In any sane world. I don't care who it is. Roy's question when it cut away in the bull was, and what about you, Adil? What brings you here or what brings you to Ambridge? That's what we all want to know. Who's this shady Illuminati elite that you're working for that has decided it's going to put down its roots in Ambridge? Mm. And what can you tell us about why you're here? And then they just cut away. And when they come back, he's talking about, I don't know, flying saucers. When he came back and he was like, flying saucers? I thought Roy was going to confess he'd been abducted or something. (laughs) That's where Ardell has come from. Yeah. I mean, there is a moral component to it as well, isn't there? Like I was going through some old work today and I did find a job I did for a former client who I was very proud of the work, but it was, it wasn't, it was for a bit of a dodgy company. Um, nothing too bad. Um, but I wouldn't work for them now. If I was offered the work now, I would say, no, I can't, I can't work for you because my, my values have changed and you know, anyway, but it is a bit weird to be working for someone and have no idea who they are, what their motives are. I mean, you, you should know. I mean, like, for instance, you know, um, you know, we've all worked for some like, you know, when you were doing your private chefing, Matthew, like it's one thing to be working for an individual. But if you were just sort of like randomly going to a big house and the, 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 and then the check came from kind of like Globocorp or something, you'd want to know who Globocorp was. Yeah. In just while we're on the kitchen topic, by the way, open kitchens. Any chef that wants to work in an open kitchen is a twat. Anyone that wants to be watched while they cook, they get a job as a f***ing cocktail waiter and practice spinning empty bottles. I was just going to say, it's quite a stressful thing to be doing anyway, isn't it? And then you've got loads of punters staring at you. Yeah, no, not good. And if things invariably do go wrong in kitchens and there's holdups and stuff like that, you don't want a bunch of people gawking at you. The door is there to protect you from them. I've been in a restaurant like that once, and that was, it's called 64 Degrees in Brighton. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's dead good, and it takes, there's a huge waiting list. It's quite small, so you can sit up at the pass or whatever it is called and watch them creating your food. But it's really tiny, not a massive five-star hotel. Uh, Matthew, you do realise this is a kebab shop and Kerry's talking about someone carving <laughs> off the wheel of um, Donna. Yeah, the hot dog <laughs> stall. So yeah, the weather is nice, incredible. Yeah, they fried these onions right in front of me. <laughs> it's amazing. So it, Ian isn't going to want to go back to that anyway, is he? After the, the liberation of the pizza van. He won't be able to because they're going to have brilliant, talented chefs. <laughs> not a guy just yelling at them. Yeah, not someone who chucks wild garlic on everything isn't this where matthew says tagine in a contemptuous way no i wasn't going to say tagine but they, the pizza van did get a mention this week didn't it because they were mm. brian was worried about the fact was it him and stella were out watching the car deer with binoculars well the deer didn't have binoculars they had <laughs> the binoculars but then he said that, that because of uh gray gables closing they were going to have to find another market to sell the deer on their land and he said, Ian's not going to sell many venison pizzas out the back of his van. <laughs> Have you ever had a venison pizza? No. I mean, could you? I suppose you could. Was... Yeah, they might sell well at stag parties. Oh, dear, oh, dear. Hey, going back to Ardil, has it ever occurred to you that he might be the one who's bought the 60%? Mm. Have you thought he might just go, actually, it's me? That's a terrible twist, isn't it? Secret boss style, whatever it's called. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Has that occurred to you? No. 
he is odd so there it is it is plausible in that regard he does seem his behavior is quite strange like his behavior after roy was you know uh, confessing to being a racist was quite sort of revelatory you know his his mask slipped a bit and why shouldn't it by the way i'm not judging adil for yeah. not wanting to talk endlessly to roy about roy being a racist in the past especially when roy was handling it so clumsily but it did show a kind of a a steelier side to him that we hadn't seen previously. Mm, yeah, I guess. I guess. Oh, another thing about Venice and pizzas, they do sell well during a fallow period. Jesus Christ, Matthew. <laughs> they are quite dear. <laughs> I was, I was going to say, are we going no idea, still no idea, still no f***ing idea? Uh, <laughs> what do you call a man with a spade on his head, Doug? Uh, <laughs> You finished now, have you? Yeah, I am. Yeah, that's all. That's my, that's my three venison pizza jokes gone. Just to be very clear, were they on the were they on the hoof ones, or were they? Um, did you have them <laughs> lined up? No, they were all completely stolen from a guy that I heard hassling um, uh, a venison burger food truck once, just making endless jokes at him. And the guy was like, "Yeah, I've heard all this before." I mean, that's the central problem with having to do any job in front of other people, isn't it? That you're going to have. I mean, I've had this when there's when when the when the work was being done on my house, and I'm standing there like some fucking Harry Enfield character, going, "Oh, that! Oh, look what you're doing there! Oh, great! Oh, that looks harder!" And you're just hating yourself as you're doing it. <laughs> do you literally stand over them saying stuff like that? <laughs> no, but it's a cramped space. I don't live in a big house, so I'm going to be walking past them. And given my personality, I want to be friendly. And of course, the friendliness soon spills into kind of like, you know, obvious <laughs> comments about anything. Just before lockdown started, we had a guy come in and redecorate the apartment. And he looked a bit like Fred West. And he brought with him an old <laughs> stereo carry stereo thing. And he just, he had his own mixtapes that he would play. And they were absolute 80s bangers wurzels no 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 shockingly enough no forester dean or gloucestershire tunes no it was all like berlin and this kind of stuff mm. and i actually had a hashtag going in the end the fred westgate is disco and i was just updating <laughs> what the next it was like now playing now playing and I, I took a photo of the stereo at the end and someone just went oh that's a beauty it was like a oh. paint covered well you know the things i'm trying to think yeah. what they're called Missed all of that. Yeah, there's some sort of um, rude thing about paint splattered um, stereos, isn't there? Yeah, face like a painter's radio, yeah. That's it. Yeah. Oh, God, I've never heard that. It's good, though, isn't it? Is it? Yeah. Is that complimentary? No, so so basically, if if, <laughs> a, if a gentleman has shown his appreciation for a woman's company and has maybe oh, for God's sake. finished okay, their all encounter... Right, all right, all right. Yes, Matthew, it's very complimentary. You say it to as many people <laughs> as you can. It will make their day. <laughs> this is like when we told the kid down the road that the rules of knockout ginger was to knock on the door and stay there. <laughs> You're cruel. Stella and Brian get along very, very well, don't they? I I find them mm. very an easy pair to listen to. They they she I don't he said she said something like, um, Oh, come on then, laddie, or something. Very familiar with him already. And I, I really like how they are together. And she saved his bloody life, didn't she? Mm. <laughs> Kerry living vicariously through Stella. I'm Stella. Hello. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm Stella now. <laughs> well, Matthew was, Matthew was singing Stella's praises last week. I think I chipped in a bit. And, yeah, mm. I think she's, just, she's a really good addition. And she's... um. She makes sense as well, doesn't she? She's, she doesn't need crowbarring in. Like when she's talking to Alistair about about her greyhound, she sounds very natural. And then 
yeah. even with them, even when she's you know talking to the odious um, Ruth, it's all very it flows very neatly. Yeah, it's very natural, isn't it? Mm. And how she just went, look, call an ambulance now to Alice, just yes. whips people into shape. I like it. Um, yeah. Did you think that? I mean, I was I I had to do some catching up this week. I didn't listen to Wednesday's live. I didn't listen to Thursday's live because this week's a bit of a funny one. What with it being the. Oh God, that's getting edited out. <laughs> no, no, come on, come on, Matthew. I I left geriatric cricket in. You can you can deal with some plagiarism. I might bleep it. Yeah. Obviously, it's hateful, but it's funny to say it, isn't it? So I had to do some catching up, and people suddenly on Twitter, I was getting these messages going, "Kerry, are you okay?" <laughs> Uh, I did wonder because you hadn't said anything and I was like "Mm, okay I'll just let her find out for herself yeah I think I was listening I was watching Norm Macdonald on Netflix instead of listening to the Archers I mean what a choice so I didn't hear it all until this morning and so bless people on Twitter who some of them today have been saying you were the first person I thought of when Brian had had his he was found slumped on his own was your phone on mute Kerry Yeah, I was woke up to 173 messages warning you Brian had had a heart attack. Yeah, I was worried though. I was thinking, no, 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 please don't make him die on the first Friday that they've done for ages as a way of marking it. What did you think of all the culminative stuff he was talking about with Stella? Because he he was really, is it all an act that he's that hurt how Neil spoke to him and shocked? It seemed to be quite genuine. Cool it was genuine of course no, he, i think he was genuinely reflecting peter. on it wasn't he <laughs> yeah pete ask peter don't ask me uh yeah um so we'll, we'll cut away from brian's propaganda machine just for a minute ladies and everyone um i know i thought it was really heartwarming i actually agree with kerry i i think that um brian is he's many things but he's 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 quite sort of if he's going to be dishonest, you're going to know about it. it's going to be broad brushstroke and big. But I think when he's talking to people he trusts, he's normally quite kind of candid and straight. And I think that was all from the heart. I don't. And also, what's he got to gain by because Stella doesn't really have a dog in the fight or any kind of real reason to to judge. So I think it's all. No, she was only aware of it in as much as a forensic accountant was sniffing around. You know, so he was kind of explaining a little bit of that side of mm. it. But then there was also the part where he talked about Chris and said, like, he didn't deserve mm. mm-hmm. to be threatened with the tax man. And he, he's been a wonderful husband and father and he would have done the same. Yeah. If he were Neil. And I was like, OK, it won't win over the um, the Brian haters on Twitter, will it? But what can I you think do? that's true to life, though. If I was if I was there, stood in a playground, and like you know, my son was having a scrap with another son, and some dad came over and was kind of protective of his kid, I think I think the honourable thing to do is to not honourable. That's a stupid f-ing Boris Johnson type word, but the, the the good thing to do is to kind of like agree to disagree. But I can I think I would respect the other guy for being protective of his son as he even as i was finding it irritating i would kind of empathize with his need to look after his yeah. you know, daughter or son one thing i didn't realize was that rolf harris he's a member of bl did you hear that <laughs> brian <laughs> said to stella that the board was wobbling <laughs> are we going are we going for kind of um, famous horror show people bingo today <laughs> who else have we mentioned gary barlow was mentioned this week oh as well, god yeah yeah see if we can get a hat trick before the end of the show 
We haven't even mentioned, um, yeah, we haven't even mentioned Tra- Tracy, Jazza, Jim. This, it was quite a rich week. It was quite a deep week, wasn't it? I liked this week. That I yeah. really thought it was it was a cracker. Um, even though Brian had some sort of coronary, <laughs> I really enjoyed the week. But I did think as well that Stella might tell Neil how Brian was looking out for him. Yeah, you know, I think that's incoming. Yeah, I hope so. I hope that when he's chuntering on about Brian being a baddie, that she says, well, actually, he's said about, you know, you not having a great pension and that you turn 65 and he's guaranteed your job. And it's it's really causing him concern. He's worrying about the fact that he's 100 percent guaranteed your job. Either that or there'll be a reciprocal scene where you'll hear Neil worrying to Susan about Brian and saying, oh, God, you know, mm. I really laid into him. Mm. So you'll you'll have heard in isolation these two old men kind of worrying about, you know, the damage they've done to the other one. True. Yeah, that could happen. Yeah. Because there was also it was mentioned already that Susan had been informed tonight. That was mentioned, wasn't it, that they'd passed on the information to Susan about what had happened to Brian. And he mentioned something about the Carters, but I only listened once tonight. So I, I may be showing huge ignorance here, but did you know that there is a difference between a cardiac arrest and a heart attack? I do, as a res- one that one you're out for the count and one you're conscious, aren't you? Yeah, because right? cardiac arrest is a sudden collapse with no breathing or pulse, and it requires CPR and a defibrillator. Whereas a heart attack, you're usually conscious you might complain of chest pain slash tightness. I didn't even know they were different. Uh, But anyway, call 999 for either of them, basically. Cardiac arrest is an electrical problem. Heart attack is circulation. There you go. um, Is that the ad? That's Which we we completely (laughs) forgot to put in at the beginning, by the way. And it's my edit this week. I know we're not about public service broadcasting, but I thought that was interesting. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. absolutely, and it's been it's been present on my mind. I've been doing a been doing a job for a company that sort of uh, have stuff to do with diabetes. So I've I've been um, been monitoring my blood sugar levels, and it's absolutely terrifying. Half a bag of um, chocolate buttons almost killed me, according to the readouts. So anyway, I've never felt more you know close to Brianing in my little office at the end of the garden than I have this last week. And yet, and yet, Matthew, the same age as me, is going to be off uh, partying like an animal at a Portuguese festival. So, you know. We've got the long weekend here. Next weekend, off to Primavera Sound Porto. Nick Cave, Pavement, Dinosaur Junior, Gorillas. Nice. It's going to be a good one. I won't be on the pod next week, incidentally. I might phone it in. Yeah, you could send a little clip in. <laughs> yeah. Well, Matthew off his tits in a field. Yeah. <laughs> With Nick Cave wailing around behind him. It's pretty on brand for the archers, isn't it? <laughs> Off your tits in a field. Yeah. Um, I have to thank, by the way, all this and less for that heart attack information that he put it on Twitter. So what did we think about the idea was given to Jazzer without Jim realising he was giving it to him when he said, well, it's not as if the two of you are sharing a household. Yeah. When he was worried about the money and... Then they were at cross purposes from that point forwards, weren't they? Because he mm. went off. They had a go at Roy when he turned up to fix the scoring machine. <laughs> and I don't know, they went off somewhere else and they were in the they were in what in the little hut. What did they call it? I don't know. In the hatch. They were in the hatch, weren't they? In the scoring hatch. And mm. by the time Jim had come back, 
all that had happened was, well, Jazza had mentioned he'd got the sack, but had then yeah. also thrown his hat in the ring to move in. But they, Jim just thought he'd confessed about losing his job. Also, by the way, we had like this chat last week about how people were only hearing other people's sides of the stories in terms of Neil and how it was all siding up with Chris. Did Lily really go for Jazza as much as Fern did? Was she a shady cow? I didn't think she was. I think there was just a point where she was like, it is a little bit ridiculous what you've done, Jazza. We didn't hear it, but from but from what Jazza was saying, she was more interested in... I think it was something that we heard off... that we were not aware of. It was off... It no, I thought off we mic. heard that confrontation when she came over and had a pop, but I don't know. Because didn't Fern accuse Lily of trying to protect her bonus? Yeah, that's what I mean. I think we heard that bit, but from what Jazza was saying, Lily was not happy with him, even more so than we'd heard. I don't know. Yeah, he described himself as being thrown under the bus, didn't he? Yeah. For a shady cow, that was from Tracy. I was like, okay, they're going to fall out with everyone in this village then. It does quite neatly build the kind of us against the world thing, doesn't it? You know, Jazza and Tracy locking arms, you know, getting it all sorted out, getting together, getting joint bank account looking after each other. And then, of course, the, all of the very moving scenes with Chelsea. And I'm not being insincere. I did find it quite moving. Really good acting, I thought, from Chelsea. It was, wasn't it? I think how how um, that whole thing was handled about, you know, Jazza coming up with the idea, Tracy saying, oh, not really sure what we've got is actually quite nice as it is. And then her wanting to speak to her kids first before making decision, that, that was good. Chelsea then pretended it was the spider tarantula that was off-putting do you think it actually ever was that at all or was that just a ruse because she was afraid like all ruse. those other men yeah so he, he flogged his tarantula for nothing <laughs> we've all done that Kerry <laughs> <laughs> they're really cheap I looked them up online how much tarantulas yeah. are that seemed that seemed um unbelievable to me the idea that you could there was someone in the market for us you know quite old second-hand tarantula did you look at how long they lived Kerry that's the other thing I didn't know I was just looking at how much they were and they they sort of ranged from most of them were around either 20 to 40 quid there was a couple of rare ones that were 70 and 100 so he what he was handing over to Tracy to put towards her shopping was quite a small amount. But I don't know, would you like a tarantula in your house? I wouldn't. I've got some friends that have them, but it's not for me. No. Are they all amateur magicians? <laughs> no. I'm just thinking of the kind of personality type. That's just an old school friend of mine has one. I mean, weirdly enough, I don't know if anyone else... Sh- How are you with regular spiders in the house? I don't like the kind of the, the big kind of spindly ones you get in the UK that are quite big. But I, I'm much more fearful of those than I would be of a tarantula, weirdly. Mm. Even though a tarantula is bigger and thicker set. don't know why that is. I'm, I'm fine. I will sort of just cup them in my hand and put them out in the garden. Are we sure we're talking about tarantulas now? This um, <laughs> is for the second time. Um, so uh, tarantula um, life expectancy news. Uh, a common mm-hmm. brown tarantula, female can live up to 36 years. So I was way mm. off. Goodness. So you actually maybe, you know, like a, a good one, I don't know, 25 years for a Mexican red knee. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, so there were, maybe, web, maybe you know, that kind of level of um, care was uh, warranted. Mm. Yeah, it depends how old Webster was when, when Jazza got her, I guess. Good point. Yeah, Denise helped out in taking 
the tarantula. Yeah, Alistair praising Denise again. Yes, something's brewing. I would like um, Denise and Alistair to pair up. I would also like, I'm looking forward to the meltdown that it causes Shula. I think that could be quite fun. Obviously, I don't want Shula on air, but, you know, if she has to be, (laughs) that would be quite a fun plot to have to listen to. In the whole axis of this uh, came the point where Jazza had to tell Jim and Alistair and how Jim took it, and that led to something quite moving tonight, didn't it? Because they, those three went off to find Jim's abuser, like the Avengers, in a car up north, didn't they? Yeah. And he'd carked it by the time they got there. And it was worth reminding Jim on Alistair's part that Jazza went through that whole journey with them. And, yeah. you know, he was there for him. Yeah. So it was that. I didn't want to go back to old Jim when, as Alistair said, like batten down the hatches and have this kind of emotional shut off. It was good to see that he kind of he came round. I yeah. think we're going to get some... Yeah. We're going to get some lovely scenes between them. And I'm looking forward to Jazza being at, um, being at Traces. Yeah, definitely. That, that'll be good fun. And I think Jazza absolutely adores Jim. And Jim was going through a little process of grief, wasn't he? Without mm, sounding mm-hmm. too wanky. I think he was just, it's a big change in his life. And he loves, uh, he's so fond of Jazza, but he's only down the road. Jim knows that this is, this absolutely makes sense. For Jazza to do. I don't know why it hasn't happened a long time ago, really, apart from lack of space in their house, I suppose. But I think Jim, he knows it's the right thing to be doing, doesn't he? The bolognese was painful, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, I was screaming at the screaming at the uh, radio when that was happening. I was just like, it takes an hour minimum. I said the same on the WhatsApp group. <laughs> just you know, I just the idea, the idea that that someone's cooking you supper and they and they say, oh, I'm making bolognese and it's already eight thirty at night. And they're and only like, just oh, chopping no, the onions. Yeah, <laughs> I liked how he got distracted. He burnt the onions, didn't he? Because he was distracted by fiddling about with some garlic. Like it's probably about one foot away from you, the pan with the onions. Yeah, best to have all your mise en place ready, isn't it, before you start cooking something like that? Yeah, it's the best. It's that. I mean, the thing about um, spag bol, isn't it? It's like the first thing where you just learn to cook it without even having to think. You can do like five other things at once, you know, like when you finally get handy in the kitchen, you can like doing the washing up, mm. um, you know, doing a few other things and you just get, you know, just nailing all of the, uh, it's a, you know, it's the closest you or I will come to feeling like Matthew, I guess. Kerry, you know, where you don't even have to think. You're certainly not yeah. measuring anything. You know, all the little cut, you know, things you can leave in, things you have mm-hmm. to put in. Have we had spag bowl and cubes in one pod? <laughs> Is spag bowl not allowed? You're not allowed to say spag bowl? No, it's all right. I just don't like when people say spag bog. Oh, no. No, right. Why would you say bog? People at that do point? it. It's silly, isn't it? Because I do remember someone saying that spag bowl was a kind of like a clear marker of a certain kind of person. Like basically you were on the kind of, a, mm. um, um, you know, I don't know, um, Kate Middleton continuum. But uh, yeah, so I took a, <laughs> I took umbrage at that because that's not how I kind of consider myself. But, um, you know, yeah, I don't think spag bowl's that posh, is it? No. It's not as posh as saying that you're as hungry as Ethan. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, Come on, Kerry. Kerry can be found banging her hand down on the kebab shop counter listen you fuckers I came very late to the um, the, uh, uh, this delicious this succulent Chinese meal um, (laughs) I only discovered that in the last month or two and I kind of feel like my life has been sort of empty as a result that has to go up on the the 
the, the <laughs> it's it's a matter of um, public service to put that on the uh, the description <laughs> this week. Oh, that's so good. Is that the drunken blo- bloke getting Just arrested? Hands off my penis. Yeah, the yeah. gear change when he says that is incredible. Yes, it's a cracker. And it was all he... mistaken identity, wasn't it? Oh, was he, it? He, he was a notorious con man, though. He was a con man, but the police, like it was like the the equivalent of the, well, it was the Australian Secret Service were on the hunt for someone way bigger and more important as a target than him. And they got a tip off that that was him. And they pulled him out of the restaurant. And it wasn't the guy. But they still detained him. But it went viral. Anyway, he's a painter now. That guy, I think. Oh. Yeah, he was a notorious. Um, I don't know what the, there's an, as you know. It's Australia, so everything has like a little kind of saying. A conno. Uh, one of those people who runs, you know, doesn't pay, just runs from a restaurant. Uh, a rano. Yeah, yeah, rano. Yes. Put O on the end of any noun, and you're there. <laughs> so yeah, he. Um, so yeah, he was. Uh, which which slightly ruined it for me because I thought I did think that he was a kind of like a gentleman crook, but he, obviously he's a bit of a dick if he's you know running out on the bill for small businesses. But yeah, <laughs> have you ever? I mean, sorry, this you know, this might not make the edit, but have you ever? Uh, uh, dined and run whatever the phrase is no but i actually not first years but uh when i first moved out of home i moved in with a bunch of people who were actually had graduated but they kind of hung around and were living in bristol imagine the the, this life people a few years earlier than this life was on tv Mm. and they would they had graduated and they all had good jobs in the kind of mid 90s and they were notorious for running from restaurants at the end of the night. And they were slowly running out of places to go in Bristol. And I just used to think, you know, I was really young then. And they were like in their mid-20s, mid to late 20s. It's like, why are you doing this? It's ridiculous. Yeah. But you know the... What the f- What was that? that? Peter? What's happening? That was the spider. That was the spider page. I'd opened, I'd opened up a page to research spiders. And I thought there'd had, been a nuke in Lewisham. It's like fireworks or something. No, one of the listeners broke through the fourth wall to register their, their displeasure with this. <laughs> Finally, they made it through. With this but, shit. Uh, this absolute shite we're talking. But no, that was my... You know, I researched the red bottom spider or whatever it was called, Mexican red, okay. red bottom. Yeah, that was it. That was that Me. page. So you're going to sell it to the police? Oh, now I want to go back and see what it was. I'm just going to risk it. Life's, what, what was what was it that was? Um, oh, it was an advert, sort of spider-related advert. You know, now for the rest of my fucking life, I'm going to get served um, advert advert stuff, you know, adverts for spiders. Speaking of adverts, should we have some? Well played, yes. Kerry. <laughs> hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. 
seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. Who's going to do the comeback? I can't remember for a second what I was talking about before Peter's bomb went off. There. Yeah, it was a very surreal moment, that. When I go off, people's <laughs> minds do tend to get cleared. Like, it's just <laughs> fairly... Is that the noise that happens yeah. when you go off? I thought Peter had just finally combusted. <laughs> and there was a moment after where Kerry, Kerry just went, Peter? Peter? <laughs> Honestly, because there was silence from your voice. Oh, I was I muted. Something had happened. I muted myself. I, I was having a full-on panic attack. I muted myself because my computer had this gone mad. This has to stay in that that noise yeah. happening, and then the that, silence. Yeah. And us that reminded me of like one of my one of my students. Uh, I take their phones off them in the class, and sometimes they haven't put it on silent, and it starts going off. And that, that was the same kind of level of anxiety. <laughs> Well, you know, at least it wasn't um, um, Pornhub or something like that. You know, that, but that would have been yeah. that would have been quite something. Mm. But, but yeah, well played with the adverts, Kerry. That was that was very nicely done. I want to give you oh, solid nine, nine, ten out of ten for that. Oh, thank you, thank you, darling. Matthew, thinking of your Saturday, do you want? Should we, should we talk about the socials? Yeah, let's do our yeah. socials, shall we? Shall I go first with the just to break the habit of a lifetime? Because Kerry, mm. um, Nina has got in contact with the Facebook group which is called the cider shed podcast to say oh my god all i could think of at the end of yesterday's episode was kerry are you okay hun? Oh. <laughs> everyone's really worried about you oh i know how good they bloody should be i was worried about me when i was listening this morning i was like besides myself thinking will he be alive when i listen on friday <sighs> this, this is this is people show more concern for kerry's love for a you know, a fictional character. And they do for me just, you know, in real life generally. It's just, you know, well done, Kerry. You're a very, you know, relatable person. Congratulations. Oh, it's only because I bang on about him on Twitter all the time. And what is our Twitter, Kerry? Uh, speaking of Twitter, yes, it's at the Cider Shed Pod. And we're five up followers away from 2,200 followers. So I'm very, very happy with our growth. Mm. And the, uh, <laughs> The downloads have taken another jump. Um, mm. Every now and again, there's a little kind of tremor in the kind of Archer's podverse. And um, it always has, you know, big effects on our numbers. You know, it can be uh, anyway, every basically any all change is good. But um, yeah, um, so we're going to be thinking about um, adding Patreon over the next few weeks. So if anyone has any thoughts about what they think is appropriate, I think we were going to go for three tiers, something very cheap something in the middle and something ridiculous for people who are incredibly rich and stupid. Um, and then, um, so yeah, uh, if anyone has any thoughts, please get in touch. We, we're not going to, like with the adverts, we want to do it gently, gently. We don't want it to be obnoxious. And obviously it's a thousand percent voluntary. So yeah, that's going to be happening over the next month probably. And you can get in touch with us at hello at the cidershed.com. And yeah, uh, I, I mean, it's, uh, as was, as Carrie said, great news on the numbers. Talking of Twitter, I just want to mention something personally. I 
finally cracked a thousand followers on my personal account today between and between the hours well, between the times of three fifty two and five forty nine I had a thousand followers and then dropped back down to nine hundred and ninety nine so purely self serving give me a follow at mr weir m r w e i r and push me back up over a thousand and by the way, our Instagram is the same as our Twitter at the cider shed pod been very busy at school but we'll be back manning those this week matthew um update is now 998 so shit uh, yeah, a bit of bad news for you there oh no <laughs> have you unfollowed no, him peter yeah no it's 990 as well yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no i'm back on again i'm back on again oh, hilarious. <laughs> Anything <for cheap> yeah. <laughs> and it just went back up yeah it just went oh. down and back up wonderful <laughs> And also iTunes, um, you can go over there and write us a five-star review. We've had some wonderful ones. We keep tiling them up on Instagram. We haven't had one for about a week, have we, Kerry? So it'd be good to see see another one up there. Tell us what you think of, uh, of the pod, yeah. why you like it. Marcus kindly did leave a review um, for us. He told me today he hoped it helped us. and um, But he's put it somewhere quite um, oblique. He's put it on Audible or Kindle or something like that. Ah, yeah, okay. Um, which is really kind of you. Thank you so much. Any, uh, you know, taking the time to do that is amazing. But um, I think, is it the iTunes one that matters? Well, I think it helps in terms of Apple Podcasts, iTunes being the, the one that pushes the envelope. So I think that helps. Okay, but, yeah. yeah. But uh, I, will, I, will, I will have a look for that review on yes. Audible, wherever it is, and see what we can do about that. Lovely. Yeah. Okay. Mm. So happy boobs. <laughs> yeah, have a nice one, everyone. See you next week. See ya, bye. <laughs> Dear pizzas under a buck. Hang on.